Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to the Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join the Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. I'm Robin Colucci, and welcome to the Author's Corner. A lot of times when we are in those final stages of producing a book and we get into this place where we're trying to figure out, do we actually have the best title for this book? And what is the best cover design? And how are we going to figure this out? How do we test it? How do we find out what people are going to buy? And I came across through my membership in the Forbes Business Council, I came across a fellow member, Kim Kohatsu, who's the chief marketing officer at PicFu. And PicFu is an online service that authors and publishers use to test and figure out what sells before they sell it. With over 20 years in advertising and marketing, Kim knows how to appeal to readers in her role as chief marketing officer for PicFu. And inside of that role, she helps writers who are soon to be authors use PicFu to hone in their book titles and select the most appealing covers, as well as getting feedback on how to position themselves effectively as thought leaders. So let's get our conversation going with Kim so we can find out more about how this works and how we all can capitalize on it. So welcome, Kim. I am so happy to have you here with us today. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be here. It's so important. One of the things I love doing is sharing with authors resources that they might not be aware of. And I just am so intrigued by what you were sharing with me about PicFu and the kinds of things that you can do, how authors have utilized your services in the past and probably continue to do so. So well, let's just dive right in. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what PicFu is even, and then a little bit gearing it towards authors and what could be useful for authors. Absolutely. Sure. So PicFu is an online service where companies big and small do all kinds of market research. And the company was founded back in 2008. And actually, authors were one of the first customer segments that kind of discovered the usefulness of the product. So there were some pretty influential authors who write about the publishing process that stumbled upon PicFu and began to see how it's useful to really hone in on the marketing aspects of a book launch. So things like your book title, your book cover design, your blurb, even your author bio, things like that. How do you sell a book? Well, we've always found that the best way to do that is before you launch, before you go into publication, ask readers what they want, ask readers what they prefer. And so what our service does is it helps you to really quickly connect with 50, 100, even up to 500 people at a time and test your options. And so if you've got a couple of titles or subtitles or book cover designs that you're considering, you can 
can just upload those at pickthrough.com. Choose the kinds of people that you want to weigh in. So maybe that's women, maybe that's people of a certain age, maybe that's college graduates, any number of things, right? It could be heavy readers. It could be people that prefer eBooks. It could be people that prefer audiobooks. We've got all kinds of audiences built in. And then you just hit publish and in a matter of minutes, people will start to weigh in. And they'll not only vote on which option they like, but they'll write a comment as to why they voted the way that they did. And what happens when you aggregate these comments is you get really valuable insights as to what is working and what isn't. And, you know, that helps you with everything. So if you understand what's working about your title, that's going to influence your description and it's going to influence other parts of how you market the book. So I think it's been a really valuable tool for authors. And because it was one of the early segments that sort of discovered PicFu, it's one that we focused on and we've really tried to deliver value for authors. And so over the years, we've added audiences, we've added features, We've added all kinds of things specifically geared for authors because they were one of our earliest customer segments. So that's really cool. So I'm just thinking like, and so when you're asking the reader, I mean, these audiences, what they like, is it framed in terms of like, what's most attractive to them? Or is it framed in terms of like, which book would you buy? Yeah, well, the nice thing about PicFu is you can actually write your own question. We do have suggested prompts because I feel like some people do get hung up, like I don't know how to frame this, right? But what a lot of people do is they say, which would you rather read? Which would you rather buy? And sometimes you give a little bit of background. It's a book about X, Y, or Z. Which one would you pick up? Or it kind of depends on what you're going for. And I always find that you almost want the things to speak for themselves, right? Especially when you've got like a book description or a cover, right? It's going to live out there by itself. You're not going to be there to explain it, right? I think I'd want to like just see what it is. Yeah. So a lot of times I always say, keep your question plain and try to be as objective as possible because you want whatever it is you're testing to do the work for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I think that one of the big tests of a title is, does it a good title and a subtitle should tell the reader exactly what it's about and exactly what they'd get out of reading it. So if you have to explain what it's about, that's probably your answer right there. (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) And it's tough when you're working on a manuscript, you're so close to it. It's really hard to be objective. And I think what's really valuable is when you go out to people who don't have that same proximity to the project, I mean, it really helps you kind of get out of your own head. Yeah. Absolutely. To get that objective view. And Mm -hmm. so I know you said you work a lot with self-published authors, but of course this could also apply to to traditionally published authors. Absolutely. We have a great case study on our website about this author named Albert Podell, and he wrote a travelogue. He had been, I think, to every country in the world, and he wrote a book about it. And he was actually in a disagreement with his publisher about the book cover because he really felt strongly that the cover he preferred was the way to go. And so almost to prove his publisher wrong, he brought it to PicFu. And it's just funny how, again, you kind of get out of your own head. And what's great is that book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. And I think just sort of proves that give the people what they want. I have to ask you, was he right or was his publisher right? His publisher was right. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I love that because I was actually just speaking the other day where this idea came up about like creative control and self-publishing. And I said, creative control isn't always the best thing for a self-publisher. And one of the great things that a traditional house can do is have that understanding of what kind of a book cover actually sells. Mm -hmm. So, But with PicFu, it seems like maybe you could... have that check and balance, right, of checking your own taste against what the market recognizes as a professional looking cover and a cover. Yeah, absolutely. And it's worked on the self-publishing side too. So I remember a story of an author who was writing a medical book and he had a book cover that, again, he was sure was the best. And sometimes what happens is it surfaces things that you don't even think about. So his book cover had a bunch of doctors in surgical masks And what he didn't realize was people kind of find that scary. It's very intimidating. And you don't want to necessarily look at doctors whose faces you can't see. And and that was something that he hadn't even considered. And so I think that bringing those things to light is really important. And and if you are self-publishing, I mean, doing that, especially before you launch, right? Before you put it out for sale, definitely have those things locked down and in good shape because you can't take it back. I mean, you can shift your assets over time, but the Kindle bookstore isn't going to forget that you didn't launch very well, right? And so it will hold those things against you. Absolutely. Yeah. And that really is so valuable. And I was thinking of that also, like in the traditional space, I can think of some really key times, like sometimes even with the agent, right? Where you're going back and forth on the title that you want to present to publishers and the agent has their opinion. Sometimes it's same, you know, sometimes the client likes the agent's idea. Sometimes they don't. Usually they come to some sort of consensus, but wouldn't it be great to have this other sort of third-party resource where you could go to the take it to the people and not just the people let's talk a little bit about that because i think one of the things that's really interesting about what you're offering at pipku is that you've got these audiences segmented so i mean how do you get people to raise their hand for this like they're just people who have enormous amounts of time on their hands It's a great question. So we have about 10,000 ready to go survey respondents and it differs. For some people, this is a side gig. For some people, they spend quite a bit of time. What's important though, is that our survey respondents opt into your poll. So what happens is on the web, sometimes what happens is there's something called content blocking where you have to just kind of go through this thing in order to keep playing a game or to continue you reading an article or whatever. And so people aren't really motivated to do a good job. They're just trying to get to what they were doing before, right? We don't do that. So our survey respondents are paid and we've got a lot of quality controls for vetting. So we've got a combination of machine learning controls as well as human controls just to make sure that people take these polls seriously. And part of our interview process when people come into the pick through panel is we learn about their habits. So we learn things like like what's the highest level of education they attained? What kind of products do you buy? What kind of behaviors are you involved in? Like what's important to you sort of thing. And what that's really helped us offer not only speed, but also quality. So you can come to pick through and depending on the audience segment you choose, I mean, your poll could be finished with 50 responses within half an hour. So it's very fast and you get this feedback very quickly. And what's great as we've grown and as we've kind of 
we've continued to improve the product is depending on your subject matter, you can get pretty targeted as far as what kind of readership you're going for. So as I mentioned, you know, we've got a lot of things around reading habits, but we've also got segments like avid home cooks. So if you're writing a cookbook or something like that, or we've got people that travel quite frequently. So if you're writing a travel book, that could be a great segment. We've got vegetarianism, we've got hiking, we've got people that use a lot of body care products. If you're writing about self-care or, you know, anything like that, I mean, there's a lot of ways it can go and you can mix and match sort of the traits that you use. So if you want women who are college graduates of a certain age, you can absolutely do that. So there's a lot of ways that you can go about building that audience. That's really a cool aspect of it is that you can target it because one of the first things people should do before they write a book is to figure out who it's for. Absolutely. They don't always do that when they're on their own, but that would be a good goal. And so really you should know very early on in the process, you know, which audience segments to go after in terms of getting that feedback. And, and that was another interesting thing is like how quickly the turnaround is. Right. Yeah. So like I said, I mean, these people that are part of the panel, it's a first come first serve sort of process. And so if you qualify for the poll, so like, let's say you meet all the targeting parameters, you're as a panelist, you are incentivized to really respond quickly. And that's how we've managed to deliver that speed. Oh, gotcha. That makes sense. Sure. So uh, the early bird. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. (laughs) That's pretty exciting. Is it primarily titles and book covers or are there other kinds of questions that authors are looking for answers to? Yeah, I mean, it is, I would say, primarily titles and covers. I mean, I feel like those are such critical aspects of your book marketing, but it can be other things too. I mean, I think we have an interesting case study where the L. Ron Hubbard book, the title is escaping me right now. There were a few of them, but I can't. (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyway, this author was tasked by the publisher to basically rewrite the book description. And we've got a story up on our blog about his process for going through that. But what he did essentially was he took, I mean, he did all this research and he came up with a few drafts. And then what he did was he took his draft and then the old publisher's draft that he was tasked with updating and put it to the pick food panel and saw what happened. And... What was interesting was some people in the panel were familiar with the book. And the important thing to remember is you're not writing a book report, right? It's to sell this book. It's not to describe the book, right? It's not to tell the plot, right? It's to tell you why you want to read it. And so those sorts of things are really important. So yeah, I would say book blurbs are another really interesting thing. But I mean, also, I think there's been other kinds of interesting questions too, even like character names or which bio makes me sound more authoritative or things like that, I think are also good to to sort of see because that's part of how you market your book too. Well, I gotta imagine there's gotta be some limit on like the length of what you would send them. Like, cause like, for example, an author bio on the back of a book jacket is shorter than the, about the author, which is usually inside the book. Right. Is there, do you guys have parameters on limits 
Yeah. So again, focusing on speed, yeah. these polls are meant to said no full manuscripts. No full manuscripts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. That is a no, no. The polls are meant to be completed fairly quickly. Right. So when it comes to a text input, we do have a character limit. I believe it's 2000 characters. Oh, still now you could get around that. You could upload like an image of your, about the author if you wanted to. Right. But you know, it really just depends. I mean, there, like I said, there are quality controls. So if there's anything that seems abusive or that kind of takes too long, those things can be flagged by our system. But you're right. Like, yeah, you definitely, like, you can go up, like I said, like up to 2,000 characters and that'll get you a pretty, pretty substantial. That's a decent amount of text. Certainly enough for a blurb on the back of the book. Right. Very cool. I'm thinking about what have I not asked you about this that I really should ask. I remembered the title of the L. Ron Hubbard book. It's oh. Battlefield Earth. <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh. <laughs> right. That's okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that is a memorable title. So there you go. <laughs> yes, it is. And you know, what's funny is there's all of these stories about, right? Like the great Gatsby had these like horrific other titles that F. Scott Fitzgerald was thinking about. I mean, it's just, nobody's immune to this, right? You can be a really fantastic, published, credible author and still get blinders, right? So... <laughs> There's a myth. I don't know if this is true, but I heard that Napoleon Hill's working title for Think and Grow Rich was something like Use Your Noodle to Make a Boodle. <laughs> I mean, it might be a myth, but it could be true. I mean, it's it's plausible enough to be true. <laughs> he's well over 70 million books sold, you know, of course. He's been gone a while, but I don't. I yeah, I mean, same thing with like the forty-hour work week, right? Um, Tim Ferriss's book. I, there were all kinds of crazy titles that just wouldn't have resonated, wouldn't be memorable, wouldn't do what a title needs to do. I think one of the things that's so valuable about the way what you all are offering, and why I want, got so excited about sharing you and Pickfu with my audience is that, please don't let me forget as I'm, <laughs> as I'm done setting it up. I think that so often, I remember now, and this actually, I thought of this when you were telling me about the doctors with the masks on the cover, because so often authors, especially when they're in the self-publishing space, because not because they're any less than, but just because they don't have, you know, in order to get a book deal, you have to have already gotten past this phase. And so self-published authors don't have that hurdle of getting the agent and getting the book deal. So a lot of times they miss this, which is understanding that you're, you need to write a book from the point of view of what is going to be interesting and exciting to your reader. And it's not always the same as what is interesting and exciting to you, right? So telling the story of how you became successful is maybe interesting if you are writing Shoe Dog you know, but <laughs> to a, a broad audience, but it's not necessarily interesting to people if you're not a very well-known, you know, internationally well-known figure. So, but you could tell all the same stories in the context of something that addresses a problem that your ideal reader is already aware that they have, right? And I feel like basically what you're doing is helping people get out of what looks just interesting through their eyes. Like, I'm a doctor. I would love, if I saw a book with doctors with surgical masks on the cover, I would want to pick that up because that's fascinating to me versus 
what is the reader looking for? Right. Exactly. And that's the thing, right? You have to remember, you're not writing this for you. You want to sell it, right? You want other people that don't know who you are, that have all the choices in the world. You want them to pick up your book. And that's the thing that's really important. I mean, if you're just writing for you, keep a journal, right? <laughs> but if you're, if you're trying to sell a book, you have to sell it to the public and you have to be appealing to what the tastes are out there. Kim, now you sound like me. I've actually said that to people. <laughs> if you're just reading a book for self-expression, that's why they have journals. Right. <laughs> Very good. And so one of the other things I think is really cool is the way that you all, because you have these built-in audiences, you're, you're able to actually offer the services at a very reasonable price, which we don't have to mention on the you know, people can go to pickfoo.com and see your pricing just in case it changes, right? <laughs> pricing changes. It's at a very reasonable rate. And can you say a little bit more about how you all thought through that? Because I think it's pretty... Yeah, you know, and it's changed over the years. And what we do is essentially, it's a price per respondent, right? So the minimum respondent pool is 50 people. And basically the base price is a dollar per respondent. So at a minimum, you're paying about $50. Now, as you add features to your poll or as you add targeting to your audiences, that price goes up incrementally. But again, it's all dependent on what your needs are. We actually have a pricing calculator that you can actually go and you can price out the poll that you're thinking about running. So if you go to pickthrough.com slash pricing, you can actually play around with the tool and see, okay, well, if I were to poll 100 people versus 50 people, or if I were to do this audience versus that audience, what would that that cost me. And you'll see, I mean, like you said, I mean, you can run a poll for 50 bucks, 60 bucks, you know, less than a hundred bucks. Really, it just depends on what the targeting is and, and how many people you're looking to poll. And then you also talked about you could build your own audience. Of course, that that's more. Can you give me an example of when that might be a good move? Is it sound yeah, like absolutely. So I think it really comes down to who your book is for. So as an example, if you were writing a dating book for women. You would want female and unmarried, right? So that's two traits that you would combine and you can combine up to four. So again, like we've got travel habits and maybe it's a, it's your travel frequency plus your income, right? If it's for jet setters who stay in like four, four star hotels. Yeah. I don't know, but it really kind of depends on who your book is for and who you're looking to target. So there is, I think you could actually just do a general audience, which is no targeting whatsoever. It's just the first 50 or a hundred people. And sometimes depending on what you're going for, sometimes that's valuable, right? But if you are really really looking to zoom in on a certain segment, then yeah, you can definitely play around with that. So again, one of the things that we offer is reading habits. And so perhaps you want to mix the intended readership of your audience with how they like to get their books, right? So if you are doing, you know, if you're trying to appeal to audiobook listeners versus ebook readers, that's another way you could potentially build your audience that way. Or just readers, right? Like, um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've got targeting where it's like reads at least one book a month, reads two books a month. So if it's a heavy, if you think your book is kind of going to appeal to people that read a lot or maybe that don't read very much, right? It kind of just can run the gamut based off of what you're working on. Yeah. I could see some real value in just wanting to know the opinion of people who actually read. Mm-hmm. 
because I think you're dealing with the most likely buyer, right? Because people who don't read, don't read. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're not exactly motivated to buy a bunch of books. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so I like that. Now, I mean, and it seems to me like four traits is, is actually, you could probably get some pretty good targeting even with four traits. Like when might, have you seen situations where people need more and what does that look like? Well, yeah, it's interesting. We've had a lot of e-commerce sellers use our service. And so that tends to be pretty targeted because they're physical products, right? But what's interesting is PickFu has been around long enough that if, for example, there's an audience that we don't offer, you can actually email us and say, hey, like, have you ever thought about this? And if we're able to meet a certain quality threshold that meets our speed and quantity, we'll offer it. We can start to try to build that audience. So as an example, we had a financial services company come to us and they were really interested in targeting people of a certain credit score. And we were like, oh, we could probably build that. And it took us a little while, but we're able to address those things. So now if you were to write a book about financial health and tips for saving and things like that. I mean, you could actually target people based off of their credit score and it's a range. It's not an actual score, but, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, it's great because we're a small enough company that you can absolutely approach us. Somebody will always, you read your email and respond. And like I said, if we're able to deliver that, we absolutely will. And I could see how you build it and then you can, people can use it over and over again. Right. It sounds like the people that are responding to these surveys aren't necessarily just like sitting at home with nothing else to do. Like it sounds to me like just from a little bit you've shared like about education level and income level. I mean, would you say that, that this is a pretty, like you can, you can tap into, you know, I'm thinking about like a business book, right? Mm-hmm. We met through Forbes Business Council, right? So we deal with business people all the time. Yeah. Do you find that there's people responding to those surveys who might be in more of a B2B kind of dynamic than a... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think what's really nice is we have been able to cultivate an audience that is just motivated to help. And I think that people just really like that their opinions are helping other business owners or entrepreneurs. And so it's interesting. We've got a page on our site that interviews some panelists and like one guy's an MBA, right? And he's just like, yeah, I just like doing it. So I think people's motivations are different. I mean, right? Like some people, maybe they have a desk job and just something that they do while they sit at their desk (laughs) or a little (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they're at home and they need to make a little side money. I mean, it spans the gamut, but you will find if it is a B2B audience you're looking for, you absolutely can find college graduates, full-time employees, right? That's another segment we offer. Yeah. I mean, you can also target by income levels. So if you wanted to do 60K and up, that's available to you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different people that you can reach with PickBoo. Very cool. So what would you say is the strangest kind of, uh, without, of course, naming any names or, (laughs) did you have a poll that stands out that was particularly strange or like surprising book or not book related, but. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny. PickFit was born because we have two co-founders who are both software engineers. And it's funny, one of them is colorblind. And so when it came to 
creative choices because there were two of them. Sometimes they would come at loggerheads, right? They just didn't know. And so they basically built it for themselves to break the tie, right? Between the two of them. And so coming from that background, yes, like we've seen a lot of just interesting polls, but it's really funny how many applications there can be. So we've had people come to PicFu and decide on their dating profile picture, right? So you ask like a group of women, hey, which photo makes me look most attractive, right? Because again, you're selling yourself. I mean, it makes total sense. Our co-founder, John, when his wife was pregnant, he was very concerned about some of the names that they were considering. And his poll was, pretend you are a schoolyard bully. How would you make fun of this name? (laughs) And he had 50 people just go at it. Like, what could you possibly throw at this name, you know? Oh, my. And yeah, so... Now I want to be on the survey. I want to answer those kinds of questions. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, there's been some memorable ones. And sometimes we run polls just for our own benefit. Like I run the PickFu blog. So a lot of times we survey respondents just for content for our blog. So for example, this past Mother's Day, we did one where it was like, what's the worst Mother's Day gift you've ever either gotten, heard of, or received? And we had some great answers, you know. (laughs) Or for Valentine's Day, we had people tell us their engagement stories, right? And so some of them were funny, some of them were romantic. So sometimes, like, I think those, like, sort of human interest ones are always kind of (laughs) the funniest. And I love that it was creepy. Created to break a tie. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. That would be the last thing I would think of. I know. Let's build some software. I mean, that's the last thing I would have done. But if you knew Justin and John, our co-founders, you would say, yes, that's exactly what you would do. Makes total sense. <laughs> And the bullying thing is a real thing. I didn't, pick food didn't exist when I had my kids, but I remember thinking what would be the potential teasing that the, I I chose some names I think are pretty tease proof. (laughs) Those are really fun. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share that I didn't ask that that you think our listeners need to know? Well, you know, I think we covered it, but if anybody out there listening wants a demo or wants to get in touch, I mean, certainly go to our website, use our chat function, or just email us on info at pickfood.com and we'll definitely answer your questions and we can help set you up for success. It's very exciting. I can't wait to use it. And it's P as in Paul, I-C-K-F-U dot com. Correct. Great. And we'll have that link on the, uh, the show page as well. So Kim, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing with us about this amazing resource. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Author's Corner. You're one step closer to writing the world-changing book you've dreamed about for years. To access today's show notes and other helpful resources, simply visit our website at theauthorscorner.com. A positive review would be appreciated. Until next time.